Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. If you've listened to many things we've talked about at Marriage Helper, either our YouTube channel, the articles that we write about on our website, all the things that we do, you've heard us talk about pushes. When we talk about pushes, we're talking about when you do something that evokes a negative emotion in the other person. Well, there's a third kind of push. The first is I do something that evokes a negative emotion. The second kind of push is I'm not doing something you want me to do. And that evokes a negative emotion. But there's a third kind of push, which you do just by existing. What? (laughs) Let's talk about that. I'm Dr. Joe Bean with MH International, along with Kimberly Holmes, our CEO. Welcome to Relationship Radio. Kimberly, I'm getting more and more. I've been in a couple of uh, seminars out in the country. Uh, I was in Florida, and then I was in Georgia. And people keep saying the same thing over and over again. Wow, this push and pull concept just makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. And it helps us understand things in all kinds of ways. Because one of the things we really rely on is that we take very complex psychological and sociological issues principles, teachings, studies, understandings, and make them as simple as possible. Because we've discovered the simpler they are, the easier it is not only to understand them, but to start understanding the nuances around them. And so we talk about pushes, we mean things that evoke negative emotions. We talk about pulls, we talk about things that evoke positive emotions. And so the first time we talked about, as I just said a moment ago, when I'm doing something that evokes a negative emotion within the other person, Can you think of an example or two we can help people with if they haven't heard us talk about that before? Sure. Using an angry tone in communication would be one. Not doing something you said you were going to do. So I'm thinking chores here. Like you said you would take out the trash. You you said you would help with the dishes, whatever. Okay. That's the second kind of push, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So the first is I'm doing something that evokes a negative emotion within you. The second is I'm not doing something Mm. you expect, anticipate, believe I should do. Mm-hmm. And that evokes a negative emotion within you. Now we have talked about that in so many different podcasts and, and videos and all over the world. Let's look at that third one. I didn't realize until I was doing a webinar the day before we recorded this, when I started talking about the third push and even our own team members said, we've, we've never heard you talk about that before. This is classic you, by the way. (laughs) I just want to point this out. Classic Joe is he's just in the middle of of a normal everyday teaching and talk, comes up with a brand new idea or or tactic or something to which everyone else is saying, well, we better scramble to put this together because we have never heard this before in our lives. Well, I have yes. thought about this before. I'm sure you've thought about it. Uh, but I guess we need to uh, actually put it out there where it makes some sense. And that's this, the push you do by existing. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. You see, if your spouse has an affair, for example, or your spouse gambles away all the money. In other words, your spouse has done something that he or she knows hurts you. 
and and they can see the pain that that they're causing you. Maybe they've actually left you and they're living someplace else. Maybe they're still living at home, but they're still doing that thing. And and they look at you, can see the pain, can see the hurt. They can see the pain that the children go through, the harm it does them. And a push starts existing by your existing. What I mean by that is they look at you, and whenever they see you or think about you, they feel bad about themselves because it reminds them of their sin, if you want to use that word, of their violation of the covenant between the two of you, of the thing that they did that caused you the pain, and and they don't like feeling bad about themselves. And so, Kimberly, when people have that kind of push, now, it's not because I, if I'm the one being offended, it's not because I'm reminding them of how bad they are, because if I do that, that's actually the first kind of push. Mm-hmm. I'm doing something that evokes a negative emotion within you. Mm-hmm. The third kind of push is where I'm not actually doing anything other than being me. Mm-hmm. So why do you think that leads the other person to feel so bad about themselves, even if I'm not saying anything about it? Well, it's that it's that guilt. They're wanting to get away from the reminder, the guilt, the shame of, I'm supposed to be here for you. I committed to you. I committed to the kids. But the fact that you are here and alive means that I can't go and do whatever it is I want to do. It's the... Like when when Joanna was dating, when I was dating, and if there was someone I wanted to date that you would say no to, I mean, I guess technically you were saying no in that situation, but because you were the gatekeeper between me and getting that thing I wanted to do, it was, I would be angry at you because of that, which, you know, turned out to be right most of the time. It's the the fate (laughs) of fathers, but it's the fact that because I stood between you. And that's another part of that push. Now, I'm talking about the fact of the guilt that a person feels Mm -hmm. because they know they've hurt you. They know they've hurt the children, those kinds of things. But but another part of that push, just by existing, is because of the fact that you do exist, you're still a problem, an obstacle Mm -hmm. to what it is they're trying to do. And so, for example, people have said, my spouse is mad at me just because I'm standing for the divorce. And you might say, okay, that's the first kind of push because you're doing what's called a necessary push. But you don't even have to do anything. If you just are still alive, then the other person is going to have negative thoughts about you. They're being pushed away, not by what you're doing, but by what they're doing and how it leads them to feel when they think about you, when they see you, when they talk about you. Now, when I mentioned this yesterday on a webinar, the day before we recorded this, <clears throat> then uh, people all of a sudden are writing and said, boy, that explains what my husband's doing. That explains what my wife is doing. It seems to be more typical of husbands than it does of wives. What would you think? Okay, let me process that for a minute. Off the top of my head, I'm thinking it has something to do with the fact that from the research that has been done historically, it seems that when that women are the first to divorce. And when they decide to divorce, they are done. So they tend to take a longer to make their decision to leave. But once they make it, they're out. Also, it's easier for a wife to leave with the kids. So if a husband is the one feeling like you're the one standing in my way, he can feel like, well, the wife is going to have more custody or mm-hmm. be able to fight for more custody. She's going to be mm-hmm. able to fight for alimony. She's going to be able to get this, that, or the other. So it's not as easy for the husband to break ties in a typical marriage relationship where the husband is the main provider. Mm-hmm. That would be my off-the-top head. I think that's that's true. 
But often with guys, it's also the sense of responsibility mm-hmm. that our whole culture has taught me. I'm supposed to be the provider. I'm supposed to be the leader. I'm supposed to be this, that, and the other. And, and now I have vacated that. And so rather than taking blame for it, as long as I'm doing the thing I'm leaving you for, the lifestyle, as long as I'm involved in that, I'm not thinking about it. If I'm leaving it for another person, whenever I'm with her, I'm not thinking about it. You know, if it's a dream I'm chasing and I'm trying to make that happen, I'm not thinking about it. But now I see you. And that's why often we will see people get really angry when they come back around their spouse. And we hear this all the time. Mm-hmm. My, my husband, and it can be the other way, it can be the wife. My husband or my wife is mad that I'm working on my pies. Mm-hmm. And I think it's still part of the same principle mm-hmm. because of the fact that it's like, I'm actually becoming a better person and whatever justification they were using for leaving me. Mm-hmm. Now they don't have as much justification because right. I continue to grow and develop. And so they look at me. So it's not anything I'm doing about them that's pushing. Right. It's just me being me and growing. Right. That's pushing. Right. And so when we tell people, okay, the way you deal with that then is that you just stop growing and developing and you just disappear. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Go away into oblivion, never be happy or or do what's best for you. No, it's you keep moving towards doing again, we've said this in a previous podcast, but when you do the right things for you and for the relationship, it's going to have the best possible effects if anything works this will. That's what we always say. It's going to mm-hmm. have the best possible chance of success. And so you work on yourself and it's good, I would say, that they're having the upsetting of the apple yes. cart because that's causing them to pause yes. and to reconsider everything. Yes. Yeah. And what we often hear from a woman who's leaving the marriage is she'll say back to the husband, it's too little, too, too little, late. Too late. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like you just said, but it means that she's seeing it. That's right. It's there, mm-hmm. whether she likes it or not. And if she doesn't like it or if he doesn't like it, it's because of the fact that it's messing up what they want, where That's they're right. headed, and how they have justified getting there. Mm-hmm. So what would we give as counsel or advice or, or teaching mm-hmm. to a spouse in this situation? Like if they're listening right now going, good grief, you're describing my husband. Whenever he's around here, like sometimes he comes and he's polite and he's nice and he's friendly. And then the next time I see him, he's grouchy and rough. And then he's gone for three months and I don't have any contact from him at all. And then he's back again and he's a nice guy all over again. And by the way, that can be either husband or wife. We hear that all the time. And it's like, how can he be nice this time and then angry that time? And then nice this time and angry that time. It's because they're vacillating Mm -hmm. just based on the fact that you are becoming the better you. And it's upset their plan. Mm -hmm. So they react to the better you when they're being nice. They also react to the better you. When they're being not nice. But don't you think it's their version of a push? The, the spouse wanting out. So that's what I was thinking earlier. When they start saying you're doing great, you know, all this stuff, but they're still wanting out, they can begin to push. Mm-hmm. So they're going to start doing things to push you away in those, yeah, cat- in those first two categories specifically. Right. So you need to be aware of that, you, the standing spouse that we're talking to, as the tactic, because the more steady you can be, the better 
the outcome is. And that's the, I mean, this is psychology 101. We know that when there's a certain type of homeostasis in a relationship or in a communication cycle, that once if the if that homeostasis is a is conflict, you know, we fight all the time. If I do this, he does that. And I know that's what it's going to be. Well, as soon as one person changes that dance that we call it, once one person changes that dance and goes to a healthier, more positive type of communication style, like they stop fighting back, they stop being defensive, they stop yelling at them when they don't when the spouse doesn't do what they wanted them to do. Typically, that other spouse is not going to respond immediately with, oh, well, this is nice and loving and a nice change of scenery. It's going to be they're going to keep pushing because they're wanting to get back to what they that homeostasis that they expect to be in the relationship. So that's kind of what's happening here, just on a different scale. That spouse who wants out remembers the marriage as a certain way. They're going to try and make the marriage that again to continue their path out. But if you stay steady on the right changes, they can't justify it. So that's exactly what you want to happen. Excellent. Very, very good. Uh, Homeostasis. Can you cure that with penicillin? I mean... Probably. (laughs) Just define the word for us. So homeostasis is the, it is a state of things being in its normal way and in the expected way of it. That's not, I'm sure if we looked at the actual definition of it, it would sound (laughs) a lot better, but it's the, the expected way of things, homeostasis. And it's where things feel comfortable. So we see that a lot in, you know, science mainly, but in relationships, we get into our own type of homeostasis, so to stay, so to say, because we get into our routines, we get into our habits, we get into our communication styles, conflict patterns, things like that. And that becomes the marriage's homeostasis, which for couples in crisis, that homeostasis has likely led them most of the time to be in this crisis situation. So what we teach at Marriage Helper is teaching a new type of homeostasis in some way. Like here's the new way to be, this is what you want that environment to look like. So Mm -hmm. here's what you can do to help make that happen. But it's going to take changing everything. But, and so that's why it takes a slow change because everything has to get comfortable in the new environment. Okay. So we'll start summarizing this. That's very good. And so just by the fact that you keep becoming the better you, then that's not a push in the typical number one thing, like I'm doing something to evoke a negative emotion within you. It evokes a negative emotion within them because you're not doing what they want you to do. (laughs) They're not doing what they expect you to do. It won't maintain the homeostasis, for example. And so they see that as a push. And sometimes that means they just don't come around you. But as Kimberly pointed out, sometimes they'll push back. And by being mean to you, by by saying cruel and harsh things, by doing financial things that cause you difficulty, what they're trying to do is to get you to go back and behave the way you behaved before. Mm -hmm. Therefore, if you keep growing, doing the right things you should do, if your spouse reacts negatively to that, that's a better sign than if your spouse just ignores it. Because if your spouse just ignores it, it means I don't care. The fact that it bothers them and they become angry and all those kinds of things actually indicates that some part of them still sees this as being the thing that shouldn't happen. Am I right about that? Yes. Okay. And so our advice would be, if your spouse is not coming around you, don't freak out. If your spouse, when he or she is around you, sometimes is polite, sometimes is not, don't freak out. If your spouse actually says, 
you're working on this past thing really aggravates me. Good. <laughs> Keep doing it. Not to aggravate your spouse. That's not the purpose. You work on the pie so that you can become the best you that you can possibly be. Don't let your spouse's negative reactions stop you from that. So, Kimberly, you think we've confused it or made it clearer as to what the third kind of push is? Well, I think that we made it clear. However, I don't know that we ever defined what pies were. Oh, so you should probably, <laughs> in case someone is new. So the PIES is the acronym that we use to talk about working on yourself physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually. And we have a whole framework that goes into that, which we can't don't have the time, but there's other videos we can link to in the show notes and description that can help you understand further what that is. But it's, it's a framework of working on yourself in four holistic areas. Mm-hmm. Because if you start trying to put a marriage back together or just want to have a better life, you always have to start with you. So maybe now that gets a little clearer as to why sometimes your spouse is ignoring you, avoiding you, all those kinds of things, why they don't like what they're seeing. It's good that they don't like it in the sense that it's messing up their plan. Now, don't do anything just to aggravate them. That's an annoying push. Those are always bad. Don't do anything to manipulate them. That's a bad push. Don't do that. But you becoming the best you you can be, that's what you want to do. Okay, Kimberly, so how can we help them? Yes. When you are wanting to save your marriage, the best place that you can start is by attending one of our three-day workshops. We have over a 70% success rate over the past 24 years at the time that we're filming this that thousands of people have gone through, and we would love to help you and your marriage. So if you want to find out more about that, then you can book a call with one of our client representatives and find out more about our workshop by going to marriagehelper.com slash workshop. Also, if you're saying, you know what, I want to explore the workshop, but maybe I'm not ready yet. I just found this podcast. I don't know what to expect. I need a little more help on where to start. Then you, then we have something free for you. And I love free. I know you probably love free as well. You can go to marriagehelper.com slash free and get our free mini course on how to get your spouse back where we go deeper into the pies. We go deeper into some of those communication styles that I was talking about and how you can begin to change the way you're communicating so that it can ultimately end up changing the way you and your spouse are communicating together. All of that you can find in the free mini course by going to marriagehelper.com slash free. Great word. I love that word free. My favorite four letter word. (laughs) Free. Free. Thank you for joining us on Relationship Radio. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode.